This week on The Clubhouse, Anthony and I are joined by composer and musician Tom Kitt. It's our first guest to win both a Tony Award and a Pulitzer Prize. But today, he is all about the New York Yankees. Tom's resume is an impressive one. He composed the music for the hit Broadway musicals High Fidelity, Next to Normal, and most recently, If Then. Tom chats with us about his father's big league success, growing up a Yankees fan during the lean years, and much more. Tom is currently scoring Cymbeline for the New York Shakespeare Festival and developing three musicals, Freaky Friday, Magic Mike, and Dave. This episode was recorded at the Bergino Baseball Clubhouse in New York City. Blue Jays win it! Touch them all, Joe! You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life! Welcome to the show, everybody. It is a wonderful day for baseball. I am Manish Jane, and sitting next to me, as always, is Mr. Anthony Rapp. Hello. Our guest today is a musician, a composer, a Tony Award winner, a Pulitzer Prize winner, but and, a baseball of fan first. and of course, <laughs> a New York Yankees fan. Yes. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, joining us in the clubhouse, Mr. Tom... Kids. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I've known Tom. I, spoiler alert, or, or you know, background. <laughs> I've known Tom for almost what, eleven or twelve years, something like that. You know? Yeah. Um. So we're also old chums. Yeah, you guys have worked together quite a bit. But we're on the opposite spectrum of franchise fandom in terms of the the winningest and the <laughs> longest droughted. You know, you are what I can. You know, since we're taping this in New York, I. I'm anticipating getting quite a few Yankee fans on the podcast, but you are our first. You are going to be the representative for the New York Yankees for the foreseeable future on this podcast. What is it like? I always ask every one of my Yankee fans, what is it like being the evil empire, being that the team that everybody wants to beat? Well, I became a Yankee fan, a hardcore Yankee fan, in 1983. My first Yankee game was 1982. I was eight years old. The Yankees lost to the Red Sox 5 nothing. They were not very good in 1982. In 1983, I really started following the team, and they were good that year. They won 91 games. Um, Gidry had a great year, um, and that was Don Mattingly's first year. And from that point on, Don Mattingly became my hero. I, I was obsessed with him and um, followed his career very closely. But for anyone that knows the baseball history of the Yankees, those 80s years were not the best years to be Yankee fans. I think is that the only decade you don't have a World Series victory in? Like I think it, Well, I started rooting for them right after their last World Series which appearance. Which was 78, I believe. Uh 81. 81 okay, they, they appearance, lost to the Dodgers. But the, but the last win, the I last believe, win was yeah, 78. Was 78, yeah. And um uh so those teams were good teams. They won up 90 games and above. 85 when Mattingly won the MVP. Um, if they have a wild card in 85, the Yankees are yeah. in the playoffs. But right. uh, that year, I think the Royals won the other division, and the Yankees were 13, 14 games better than them, but weren't in the playoffs. So um, it was very frustrating. So when the Yankees finally got back to the playoffs in 96, 
Um, I had been a fan for 13 years and it had really a lot of heartbreak with those teams, especially sure. 95. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was wrong. When they won the World Series, they got the playoffs in 95, but that was the year that they lost to the Mariners and that broke my heart. But I mean, everybody... oh, in the playoffs, right. But oh, 90... that Edgar Martinez hit. Yeah, yeah, and that was Mattingly. <laughs> Mattingly hit 429 in that sure, series. Sure. sure. Uh, about 96, I've, like, since it's Tom, you know, and, and theater, the connections are kind of funny. Um, the World Series often falls on or near my birthday because my birthday is October 26th. And that year, 96, it was the year that Rent was on Broadway for right. the first time. So, and it was my birthday the night that they won the World Series. And I walked out of the Nederlander Theater at 41st Street and oh Times Square was <laughs> insane. Yeah. I will never forget that. And and as much as I'm not a Yankees fan, <laughs> there was still it was still thrilling to be inside of that well, energy. That was a great know. year too because they um they had just hired Tory. Their the expectations were not astronomical coming out of spring training. They were Mattingly was gone and Martinez was taking over. So that team felt like an underdog team. When you were two years out, the the, the ninety four strike that was year. Oh my goodness. Like it's just that really uh, you guys they yeah. had a great team, and yeah. uh, you know, th I, I, you you got invested in those as as, as evil empires you may want to call those years. <laughs> um, as a Yankee fan, you you felt like you were in heaven because because not only were the players great players, but they were they were guys you really invested in. And Jeter was just uh, you know coming on, and you had uh, O'Neill and 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 Martinez and Bernie Williams, and it was just a great time to be a fan. You know, as the years have gone by, I, I absolutely was those years. I megalothed the Yankees. So, I mean, it was just <laughs> the, the blood in my, I, I would just, I would boil. I hated them. And so I, you might, I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan, which uh -huh. is where, Derek Jeter's hometown. there you go, which is where he, he was not born, but it's where he, he, he grew up. And so his name was just constantly being thrown about in my high school, in my middle, I mean, it's constantly Derek Jeter. And I just, I hated him all the more for it. Because, you know, it's just kind of one of that, why couldn't you be a Tiger? <laughs> you know, why'd you have to go be, I always wanted to be a Yankee. And you hate them more when they don't give you good reasons to hate them. But, you know, and they're just, they're great players and they're, and you just, so you root against the skill. There's nothing. There you know, it is. It's easy if someone's a bad guy, but the fact that Jeter is such a likable guy and everyone in New York just adored him probably makes everybody else. <laughs> but see, I guess I never felt, I didn't feel that darkness toward the Yankees until later when it became clear that it was just becoming like, like by the where the money situation got sure. so crazy because that that a homegrown team i would probably never hate but what i will right. tell you is that you know. as a yankee fan i feel the same frustration and my um affinity and and passion for them started to wane when um they were trading away young guys and it happened in the 80s too you know look at the doug drabex that they were giving away it was so frustrating you'd see these guys flourish for other teams and you were left with these free agents who maybe had a year you know the jay buner ken phelps jay buner's i think hal morris actually is, is i think hal morris uh, uh, played for the yankees i don't know if he was drafted by them or if he if he, he was young yeah he was yeah so young. i mean hal morris Hal Morris, Hal Morris, Hal Morris is one. my brother-in-law. That's right. Yeah, We've yeah, talked about yeah. this. Yeah, Hal Morris is another one. J.T. Snow. Yeah. Yep. Um, and first baseman, you can't really, you well, can't yeah, really uh, fault there was no room. They had a guy there who was yes. pretty good. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, and it, that was the thing about those, those teams because Pettit and Rivera and um, Jeter, of course, and and Bernie Williams. These were guys that grew up in the farm system, and and then they'd go out and get a guy like Scott Brocious. Yeah. who, yeah. Um, you know, out of nowhere would have a great year. And you're, so you're rooted for that. But when you're spending a gargantuan amount of money, I think The Onion even had an article um, 
at one point that was funny that the Yankees basically signed every player in, this, <laughs> in the major leagues. Um, so, well, it is actually it, it's why the last couple of years the off seasons, the Yankee off seasons, have been unbelievably fascinating for me to watch because I'm so used to. Every time there was a big name free agent, like, all right, well, I mean, it's the Yankees. I mean, it eventually became it's either going to be a Yankee or a Red Sox, which yeah. ended up being fascinating to me for a whole and other. And the Angels and then and then Artie the Angels, started going like, I want them. Yeah. But, I want them. But yeah. so now the Yankees are actually making relatively, they're still making a couple of ill-advised uh, deals that spend certain people maybe a little bit too much money. But for the most part, they're, they're being, I guess, smart right now and, and, and trying to build up their farm system i don't know if they even can it's been so decimated over the last two decades but well even that game though you're throwing all this money at these young guys yeah. you know it's 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 good it's always going to be the haves and the have-nots but what, what's been exciting about baseball in the last couple of years is these teams like the royals last year yeah. um you know you you can't help but root for them and when they get to the World Series, there's something really exciting about it, especially when you see a city ignited who hasn't been there. Yeah. Obviously, yes. I would very much like to see the Chicago Cubs get to the <laughs> yeah. I was I was really upset back in 2003 when they yeah. uh, everybody was when, when, yeah. when that happened. So I, I, <laughs> everybody was honestly, unless you were from Florida, I think everybody, I think everybody was upset that year. Yeah, but you know uh, the other <laughs> the other sort of music Yankee relationship. Um, I, I have another thing that I'll tell you in a second, but back in 1996, um, I was still singing with in an acapella group with some guys I went to college with. We were called the Kingsmen in college, and then we became the Flatiron Five, and we would do some professional gigs, and we were hired to sing downtown in Tribeca for the Yankees. They were having some welcome home championship uh, Oh, so this is post-World Series in This 96. was before. This was, I think it was a night Atlanta clinched. Okay, okay. Because I think Atlanta came down from 3-1 that year. I think they were down to St. Louis maybe 3-1, and they came back and won the— um, uh, so they were the Yankees, I think were in the world series first. Mm. Um, but we were there and not all of the, not everyone on the team was there, but there were a significant number of guys there who were, I remember Joe Girardi being so nice. I remember Willie Randolph, Bernie Williams. Well, you know, the, the reason Joe Girardi was, oh, that was that clip. The reason Joe Girardi was so nice. He was a cub. That's <laughs> so anyway, you go on. Oh God. You go on. That's the other catcher. It was him and one other catcher. Who I, were I couldn't tell highly you highly touted guys yeah. that were sort that, of competing. That speech he made. What was it? Daryl Kyle. Who was it? Um, the uh, the the cardinal, I believe, who who passed. Who and Girardi had to come out and give a a. a he had to announce to the crowd the game was being canceled because. Oh, yeah. oh I mean that's that's when I kind of fell in love with him. He's a special. Guy. And he is, you know, I love him as the Yankees manager. I yeah. think he is one of the the few current crop of managers that can equally handle the pressure, protect his players, but also kind of give them a little bit of leeway. Cause you got a, a lot of egos in that in that clubhouse. And I think he's I don't know. I, I you don't see a lot of old school managers like him. He feels like a, an old school manager to me. Yeah. I like Girardi a lot. You know, I, I, I sometimes get frustrated with the school of Girardi and Tory and even Buck Showalter before him, you know, the constant mathematical thing, um, you know, and, and, and a middle inning taking forever because it's got to be lefty versus lefty, righty versus righty, and you watch <laughs> these guys, and you know those things kind of slow the slow the game down. And 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 if a guy's throwing well, and and here's the other thing I was going to say is that my father uh, is a former professional baseball player. My father actually was drafted by the Yankees. That, I was, didn't my, know that. that was my little trump card. I didn't tell Munish that. I, was, I, <laughs> I, I did not know that up. at all. I'm oh wow okay. So my father has a lot of expertise and often will. Um, uh, 
expound his, uh, his <laughs> wisdom for the for the game. But um, yes, but those are the kinds of conversations. And you know, if a guy's, if, if my dad, my dad was a left-handed pitcher and threw in the in the upper nineties, and he was a starter. But if he's going and he's feeling good, let the guy throw. Absolutely. Know, because at the end of the day, your best pitcher, righty lefty, is going to be a better matchup than a weaker guy who 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 might have a curveball advantage. You know, so. I agree with that, but I want to take a quick detour because yeah, I, I had no idea. So, how so? How far exactly did your father make it in in the in, in the uh, big leagues? Well, my father was called what uh, they had a term called bonus baby back then. It was in the I think the early '60s, late '50s that um, he he was born on Oceanside in Oceanside, Long Island, and um, he was a phenom. He was a left-handed pitcher through I don't know if they clocked like they do then, but it was. You could bet it was upper 90s. And uh, he was just striking out 18, 20 guys a game. And uh, they had a, I have, there's a poster in our basement that says Howie Kit Day Parade. And, and then uh, the Yankees signed him. And he has this, uh, uh, this, this prize possession. He has uh, the Lou Gehrig Award, which I think they gave to the, the most exciting or promising rookie in spring training. Um, and he's in the sixty-one yearbook. There's pictures of him with uh, Whitey Ford, and it's oh, it's it's quite cool. Do you say the sixty-one? So sixty-one. So he was around for Maris and Maris. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh my. So he he got. He was in the clubhouse them. for that. I he guess mean, in spring training. Wow. He never pitched in a uh, professional game. Yeah. He sure. um he started to develop some arm problems, and then he uh, he decided that uh, he wanted to go back to school. And should have gotten that Tommy John. That. If only Tommy John had been well, around. Yeah. What was the nature of his injury? I think it was just wear and tear. I don't yeah. think it was anything like that. Um. But um, uh, he just uh, the, the being on the road. He, my brother, um, uh, was was on the way, and um, so I think that he uh, he just was ready to walk away at that point. Which, you know, everyone makes that decision. So he did pitch in in like in the minor leagues. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. What a tough decision to make, though. But he sounds like a good guy, though. To make that decision, you know, for his family, it sounds like is is. Um, I don't have a family right now, but I'm not sure I'd be able to do that if I if I'm. I'd fight through the pain to, especially that, like I said, that 61 year. Oh my goodness, to be a Yankee or just around that that clubhouse, you know. It, uh, my only connection to that is, is you know, I I I saw the movie 61, and that in and of itself, as much as I don't like the Yankees, I love <laughs> that movie. Billy Crystal did a phenomenal job yeah. of recreating, you know, what and it must Barry have Pepper felt was like. Great too. Barry Pepper, really Thomas Jane was, was yeah. phenomenal right, as Mano. Yeah, I mean, right. it's. I think Anthony Michael Hall was Whitey. Like, they had a really, really good cast. And the connection, too, is that Billy Crystal went to school with my uncle, my father's brother, also from Long Island. So Billy Crystal, I believe, I don't remember the, the exact story, but I think Billy Crystal remembered my dad because my dad was, you know, we all know what a fan of baseball Billy Crystal is. Absolutely. And my father was really making headlines. And actually, I'll never forget um, when Brian Taylor hurt himself, you know, that, that Yankee um, – prospect that uh they signed back in 93 um and he got into a fight in a bar and 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 tore his arm and and um wasn't <laughs> uh, just wasn't remember, heard from again you but, remember clint barmas like had like he was like carrying deer meat down the stairs and fell and hurt his back i mean like oh no we had we had baseball uh, but if the tigers fight if you I, hold on wait for fight. it i think the tigers win the tigers i, I believe it was joel zamaya uh i'll correct myself later if i'm wrong uh injured himself playing guitar hero he injured himself playing Guitar Hero. Remember I Bobby Ojeda cutting himself with yeah. garden shears or something. <laughs> but in this article about Brian Taylor, when when George Vesey in the Times was mentioning uh, mentioning people, he mentioned my father. Oh wow! Cool. And uh, um, my father knows 
knows George very well. Um, but so anyway, so I, did he give you? I mean, so growing up at all, were you? I'm not. I'm sure there wasn't any pressure, but was there any? Hey, maybe go toss you know, the ball really around. Wasn't. And see. Well, that was my, my father didn't uh, push baseball. Actually, I was I was I was a better soccer player, and and uh, he was more invested in that. But he would coach my team, and um, I love when his passion is ignited. Things my father talks about he'll talk about Dwight Evans throwing out a guy at Yankee Stadium from right field to third base that's his favorite kind of yeah, play yeah. you know that kind of bang bang play Me where too, it's just yeah. skill yeah and you've got uh, that, Solar, ich, ich, who, Ichiro is my guy like one of my guys yeah. of all time and just oh the, no on a laser but like, you're yeah. about to have a kid in your outfield yeah, who's who's got the, the, that same talent so that's yeah I know <laughs> it's Jesse Barfield and O'Neill's Winfield you know those guys that could just bring it from and on a fly Oh, yeah. terrible. I remember also had a really good arm when he played for the Yankees. Um, but I, Dwight Evans was – that was uh, – th and the thing that frustrates me about Yankee games, you know, they won't show um, highlights from other teams when they make a great play. But You mean you mean on the scoreboard? Yeah. You know, if the Yankees make – if the Yankees – the guy moves a little bit to his left to spear it <laughs> and throw him out, we get a replay. But a guy will make a all-out diving catch in center field, and I want to see that again. I don't care if it's yeah. not the Yankees, but they won't yeah. show it. That's funny. So here's I, I can't. Remember, I don't think I've told the story before, but I, I've, as a two Yankees fan, um, on our little podcast, the first time I ever went to Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium, quite a few years ago, I was with a diehard Yankees fan. Uh, we went and we sat pretty in pretty good seats. It was against the Texas Rangers. Um, the Texas Rangers were winning early, like five nothing. There were so many home runs hit in that game. I can't <laughs> but. As a Cubs fan, I experienced something that was so foreign to me. I, it, I have no idea how it's even possible. No one in that stadium was worried, <laughs> and it was it was like fourth, fifth inning, and they were still losing by five or six runs. The Yankees, of course, came back to win it something like eight six or something like that. <laughs> no one the in the games. stadium was remotely worried or sad. Yeah, no, those are the games I remember when I was. 11 years old it was 1985 and i was watching i mean i watched the games constantly on black and white tv on channel 11 and the yankees were down to the twins eight nothing in the second inning it was i think ed whitson i don't, I don't know if you remember ed no, whitson's brief tenure in yankees but he was this guy that they signed as a free agent from the uh, san diego padres and yankee fans just harped on him i mean if he had a bad game he was just the the guy that they would all scream at and boo and it was really sad to see and but if he had a great game then suddenly they would be behind him. But anyway, they, they were down 8-0. Like they methodically came back. It was 8-6. And then Mattingly hits a three-run home run with two outs in the ninth <laughs> inning off Ron Davis. I had never felt so elated in my life. And there are those games that just come out of nowhere. I always get worried when the Yankees are down. Well, that, but that's on you. Like, like, if you're at Wrigley, if you're losing one to nothing, yeah. you get sad. There's a confidence issue, I, mean, I think. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> there, there's a... it's really profound. I can't well, tell. Like, you know, I, I'm not kidding. I mean, it, we're like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> but there, there is. There's a, a tradition, and you just there. There were Yankee teams, and and I don't know if it's last year was a tough year for them. So I think the Yankees need to build that mantra back up. But but well, in the next couple of years, just expected uh, to win. Well, tell. I think right now they're going through. I've I've been waiting for this my entire adulthood, waiting for the Yankees to go through a real rebuilding phase. Because even though the 2000s, they didn't really, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they went from what, 2000 to 2009 was their longest gap at this point of not winning World Series uh, over the last 20 years. But I think that now we might actually see them try to 
really tear down and start building up from scratch again because like, the fact that they haven't gone out, I was shocked they weren't in the Scherzer uh, uh, mm. lottery this summer. Even if just to say, hey, let's, let's, like, I didn't hear their names at all for it because that's the one place where the Yankees. 2015 team is severely lacking is in in starting pitching there's just not a lot of healthy arms that i can see especially you know cc is you know i'd love to see him come back and have a great year but you never know tanaka i have no idea if he's going to be on an innings limit if he's going to be able to survive i'm actually trying to i drafted it in my fantasy baseball team last night because i'm like i i love him but I hope. Oh yeah, you know, he's great. It's yeah, like a flyer. Hopes that, you, know. you know the the, the amount of, of of injuries of this magnitude are are, are a little frightening. That, yeah. that guys are going blowing their arms out. I don't know. I mean, yeah. the way they're preparing, how much they're throwing when they're young, who knows? But it seems to be an epidemic. Yeah, we've talked about that. It's it's an. I don't know either. I think the the person who finally cracks that is going to make a lot of money because I think there are so many different theories of why there is so many Tommy John. I know one is just basically well, that what my father has said oh, is yeah. that um is is that the protection. And the workout was not as intense as it is now. You know, guys are these they're muscular. Well, they're and working throwing out a, throwing a ball as fast as you can. I mean, there are guys you look back, these guys brought it and they weren't Greg Maddox. <laughs> well, Maddox well, also, really he was he was, yeah, he was in the eight, mid 80s, mid, yeah. uh, but, but no, but it's, it's also Bob they, Gibson, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at these guys and, and Walter Johnson threw 100 miles per hour in the early 1900s. So it's not, you know, this, this. There have been guys that have thrown heat for a long, long time. I think you may have hit the nail on the head right there. It's the working out. It's the 365 days a year of winter ball, off-season workouts, doing this. It's You need to relax your arm. But look at how many guys seem to have been affected by these limits. You know, Job Chamberlain. Um, is, is there, uh, and I don't know, so I asked the question, but is there evidence that, that keeping these guys on these strict pitch counts is actually making them healthier I long-term? Think, I don't think it's... The specific pitch counts, I think, are completely not uh, made up and nonsense. The this hundred pitches that we've all decided, oh, it's yeah, a nice round number, so we'll no go hundred counts. You of just course. went until you got tired. Satchel Page was throwing two hundred plus pitches in the game when he was forty five years old. It's it's you know. Go look at the complete game statistics back in the seventies. Oh yeah, of course. See how many guys were you know? I mean, they they would that used to be a statistic that they would keep, and yeah. you'd see a guy the guy would be leading the league would have eighteen or nineteen complete games. Yes. You know, yeah. Now now it's like that. You know, I I remember. I can't remember what pitcher it was, but a very successful pitcher that they they were like, and this is his first complete game, and it was like his third season. <laughs> yes. How is the guy not? That was Scherzer actually. One that was game? Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer had not thrown a complete game yeah. until last year. It's, you know, I love Max. You know, I, it breaks my heart because he's no longer uh, wearing the old English D. But the Nationals fans are going to find out very quickly that Max is great, but he throws a lot of pitches, and in this modern day of, you know, once you get to about 85 90 we start thinking about he's hitting 85 90 pitches in the sixth and seventh inning there's not even a question that he's going to finish that game it's oh yeah he's definitely coming out it's a matter of you know is he coming out in the sixth or coming out in the seventh at that point right. which and there's there's something to protect i mean if a guy is thrown i, I remember uh i think dwight gooden one year for the mets threw over 150 pitches and they were very concerned about what that did to his arm and santana of course with his with his no hitter a guy that had arm problems and you're leaving him for that amount of pitches it's there's something, that, you know, David Cohn back in that 95 uh, Seattle game threw over 140 pitches, but like David Cohn was fine. But I think that's, yeah. a, I think that, and there's the point is you have to take it 
on an individual basis. You can't. Sure. There can't be a blanket rule. There are some guys where you Your know what? You. Where where someday, guess what? Eighty five pitches. I'm done. Yeah. I you know I just I I I today I don't have it. But next week and five days from now, I might be able to throw 140. I don't know. But it's also the specialist role of the reliever that my father says was not. You know, you look at the guys like Sparky Lyle and Rich Gossage. Yeah. You know, Gossage came in seventh inning sometimes. And would do three. They kind of would throw three innings. Yeah. I think, or or maybe I mean, over two certainly. Yeah. Sparky won a Cy Young, didn't he? Sparky won a Cy Young. I think he was the yeah. 78. The he I think he uh, I think he won 13 games that year, and um, you know these. I'm not saying one's better than the other, but there is something to be said for a guy that comes in those middle innings and finishes as opposed to oh, I'm a long you're up reliever by three guy. runs and you yeah. get three outs. I'm, I'm definitely a, a long reliever guy. I think actually your team ruined, you know, baseball fans' perspective of what a closer is supposed to be because you had just the quintessential. I mean, the greatest closer in the history but even of baseball him, when they set the Rivera Wetland thing up. Yeah, you know, that in that uh, World Series year, um, that was you know Wetland rarely came in before. You know, before the top of the ninth inning, and then yeah, and then we had Rivera. We were very lucky. So, can we <laughs> speaking of Rivera? Can can you talk about uh, 2004? I can't talk and, about 2004 and, and, <laughs> and Rivera. I mean, the fact that it was against Rivera that that you know, th- this that crazy stuff started to happen. I mean, yeah, was that you, weird for you as a Yankees fan? Like that one was. It, it was kind of devastating because obviously it was the Red Sox. It was historic. Um, and was there any part of you that was like? Well, you know the Red Sox. I mean, any part that could give them some kind of excitement that, that had been so long. No. 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 You <laughs> want them really never to win. It's under your thumb. It's we have this over you for the rest of time. You know, it I mean, here's what I will say. That 2004 team, that was the first year. I think that was the first year they had A-Rod. Um and there was something that it wasn't, you know, in two, the, the hardest thing was 2001. When 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 oh. the Yankees lost to the Diamondbacks in seven after games. September 11th, yeah. yes, yeah. that was so emotional. I I cried when 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 the Yankees lost that uh, that game because a parade would have been so wonderful. Oh, of course, yeah. and um and it, it, that that was heartbreaking. 2004, I was working on High Fidelity with David Lindsay Bear, who was a big Red Sox fan, and I remember <laughs> I remember being in his house for Game Four. Um, and I think that's the one that they came back. That's, yes, that's uh, the one where the, and, the, the uh, steal it was, but it was against Rivera. Moment. But it was still three one. And I and I was and I remember thinking, all right, they get a game. It's nice for them to get a game. <laughs> um, you know, I had no idea. And then when when game, I basically thought when game five happened, it's over. Yeah, There's really. No momentum. I, yeah, I, I I was and 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 you knew you were coming back to Schilling and and all that stuff about the sock and how hurt he was. You just knew he was going <laughs> to. Well, that was throw game six, right? A legendary game, yeah. and then. Game seven was just a formality, especially when yeah. it was Kevin Brown. Well, didn't Johnny Damon? <laughs> I think Damon hit a grand slam pretty early there, and pretty yeah, much Damon, like Matt, that. Yeah, Damon, oh, it yeah, wasn't Johnny even. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember Game Seven. You know, I just <laughs> yeah. it was it was just you felt but like I mean, it was done. I, I was on the road. There were I was doing Little Shop, and there were like three or four of us in the company that were huge baseball fans. Just like not even we didn't have any dogs in the in the hunt. We were just watching these games and completely like running off stage with the stagehands TV. Just and you know, Game Three was like 20 it was something like 25 7 or something it was some crazy score and they won 18 9 i think <laughs> it was like it well, was it was crazy and you was, just and that was and it just felt and it was, it was at fenway so yeah. it just felt like okay okay that's it that's it on that they're going to sweep and 
and you know, and and I was driving around because uh, I think it was I think Game Four was on my night off, and I was like going to like a friend's for dinner, and I was like listening to the radio in the car when the steal happened. So I like heard it on the like called on the radio, yeah, and then I was like, oh my god, and then you know, and then we yeah. were, then we were at the at the dinner and we wound up all just watching because it was so unbelievable and then yeah and then it did seem like at a certain point it was like okay well then it's fate that yeah that was just and uh you know rivera you can't say enough about the person he is the player um if there's one thing as a yankee fan that 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 chinks the armor just a little bit it's the um uh it's it it's it's those big some of those big games you know that it was it was that um it, it was that uh that game it was the Cleveland series in 97 when they lost um in uh I don't I don't remember who he gave what what game it was because I know game 5 they lost sort of you know in a sad fashion like O'Neal had a double in the ninth inning and then he they couldn't bring him home but I remember Rivera gave up I think they were winning and he 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 blew a save in that series and then of course the 2001 series yep. and then there's the um uh, then there was that game. Um, but so, correct you know, me if I'm wrong. No doesn't, one is he perfect. Have, doesn't he have the best DRA yeah. of anybody in the postseason? Uh, yeah, ever? but he's he's pretty much for for postseason pitchers. He's at the top of the list for well, pretty much every single. Also, look at the games that he did. That's I mean, what I'm about to say. Yeah, the, the, as a fan, you focus on the, yeah. That's that's the problem of all of it. That's baseball is such a masochistic sport. <laughs> it's it's we all beat ourselves up so much about it, and that's. We are all poker players remembering our bad beats. None of us are remembering the hands we won. All we're doing is handing, oh, God, you know, I won $1,000 the other night, but that one hand where I lost five bucks, that's the one that I will remember for the next 15 yeah. years. That's, that's what we do to ourselves. That's, that's what. <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 I've always thought about this, that, that especially as a hitter, it's a game where you celebrate people who fail more than they succeed. Seven out of yeah, ten of times. Course, yeah. If you fail seven out of ten times, so, you make it to the Hall of Fame. It's, that's it's, that's. It's, Unbelievable! It's a human game, and and uh, I can only imagine the kind of pressure, especially to throw a ball over the plate with speed and not think about it, um, with fifty five, sixty thousand people screaming. It was the moment where, and you know, I know I'm not alone on this. Where, regardless of your political affiliations, regardless of what you think of the person, you know, the job that he did after nine eleven. When George Bush took the mound at Yankee Stadium and threw a strike down the middle with a bulletproof vest on, <laughs> with all the cameras on him, with all the fans cheering, and I think uh, if, if for those of you who haven't heard the story, uh, uh, Jeter has said it many times where I guess Jeter saw Bush uh, underground and Bush got like, hey, you know, got any advice for me? And his advice was, don't bounce it, they'll boo you. <laughs> which is you know it's it's funny. when when you're hearing that you know and you do it and obviously he's a baseball guy but still I don't care for a baseball guy he is a president at that point yeah. to be able to do that was was I gained so much respect for him in that moment to have that composure to if you can throw one pitch and he it was did. a very emotional moment yeah, yeah it was a it was a beautiful moment and it was uh you were really glad they were in the series. I mean, again, it was heartbreaking, but those games that they came back, two of them, where Brocious hit the home run and Martinez hit the home run, and you thought both those games... Because the truth is that the Yankees were outplayed. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it was really about those ninth innings, but they were down 2 nothing and 3-1, and they came back from both those um, in, in, in historic fashion. So they were kind of lucky to be there, but that's why you felt... 
it was it was it seemed destiny it yeah, seemed like it destiny. seemed faded yeah. and, yeah. and uh, for a year to be for that kind of thing to be destiny and then it just didn't happen and it was yeah. uh a, a, a blue pier of you know that was the one year in my life that i i did find myself kind of rooting for the yankees like i i wouldn't i wouldn't have been upset i'll put it that way i would not have been upset if they won it that year um you know i, I was actually a big luis gonzalez fan at the time just as a ball player i just like the way he played so that was kind of just as a baseball fan a cool moment but a part of me did, i was like oh man that would have been a really cool thing and and also like you said New York needed it very badly at yes. that moment. I mean, Phoenix, come on. <laughs> a three-year-old franchise? Come on. <laughs> a franchise I mean, that was well, three years bring old. Bring it back if then. Bring it yeah. back our... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Going after Phoenix. Yeah, baby. <laughs> no, it's funny. As we're, as we're talking, we're, you know, we're at the Bergino Clubhouse, uh, the beautiful Bergino Clubhouse on 11th Street. Um, he has the TV going, and it's uh, as we're talking about all these pictures, Pedro, is because uh, they're doing like, a little special on Pedro and Smoltz getting in the Hall of Fame. So, you know... Pedro, of course, his relationship to the Yankees. Do you have anything to say about that? You know, yeah, I have utmost respect for him as a as a player. Um, I can't speak to what happened on the field back in the playoffs when that brawl happened. But if you watch <laughs> uh, Don Zimmer, Zimmer that watch, image will be in my head forever. <laughs> it's very. I blame Zimmer upsetting. on that though. <laughs> I mean, Z Zimmer was coming out of like a cannonball. He was, I'm coming, I'm rumbling, I mean, I'm. But I guess, what do you do? You know, I, 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 yeah, he I shoved him down. I personally did not get into all of the back and forth name calling and and yeah. um, grandstanding. I just it's not my nature. And I when I see a fight uh, uh, in a sporting event, it 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 sours me as opposed yeah. to makes me excited. So um, if you just look at what Martinez accomplished as a player um, and seemingly accomplished without the use of any yeah. um, any help, you 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 can't help but admire the guy. And his skills, um, he did sometimes seem to throw at people. Um, <laughs> but I think that was part of his. Roger Clemens never did that. <laughs> well, I'm not going to defend Roger Clemens. <laughs> you know, but I think that is, that's, that's, I've always been on the fence about throwing at people because, I mean, obviously the rational side of my brain says, don't ever, what are you doing? We're all adults here. Stop throwing a 90 plus mile, mile per hour ball at even someone's back. Like it, That'll hurt. That's going to leave a mark for a couple of weeks, if not longer. And you could do some serious damage there. But, but on the other hand, you got to own the inside of that plate. No, and throwing that's, inside that's, is part of and the that's, game. And that's been around since the beginning. And if you are crowding a little bit, you might need to throw a little something to let them know, it's hey. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to sure. – you can tell when something has the purpose of, of actually okay, yeah. Yeah. hitting someone. But yeah, no, I mean the, these guys stand closer and closer, and yeah. yeah, there's a there's a sense where the pitcher has to be able to control the the strike zone a little bit. Absolutely. Hal Hal Morris, um, you know my brother-in-law. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, <laughs> my brother-in-law Hal Morris. Um, <laughs> Say that a couple more times. <laughs> World Series victor Hal Morris. Um, he he said he one time in spring training he didn't hit a lot of home runs. He said he he could have if he really want. I mean, like he didn't really ever try to. I mean, he was really like a right. a gap hitter, a slap hitter, a, a high average hitter. But one time in spring training, he hit a, a home run off of Nolan Ryan, and Nolan was glaring at him <laughs> off of the <laughs> mound. In spring training. Oh yeah, it made him so mad that, wow. that he was that he hit a home run off of spring training. Well, I mean, I think I feel like you know, uh, every story I've heard about old school pitchers is that they never remember who took them deep, and that they will remember it years after they retire. If they'll run into him at some function, they'll be. Uh, you you know, mean they'll never forget? Yeah, they'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. They will never forget who took them deep, which 
I'm a pretty competitive guy, and so I've got you know some. I I kind of understand what they're doing, but it is with what's the the memory that baseball players have is always uh, uh, intriguing to me, just because Miguel Cabrera. There's a story that our, our uh, the Tigers hitting coach has talked about where Miggy is the only one on the team that doesn't watch game tape because he can, from memory, recall five years ago. Oh, yeah, five years ago, it was a 2-1 count. Yeah, he threw me a curveball outside. Like, he just has a photographic memory of every single pitch that's been thrown to him. And I feel like that is, you know, when we all talk about, oh, I could play baseball, I could, I, I could do it, I feel like there's that – that's the extra level. Take out, take away the physicality. I've take, never said I could play pace. A lot of people, a lot of. <laughs> I mean, I could well, growing play up, a I think. Softball. Well, even even growing up, I think a lot of kids have that. I I could be in the big leagues one day. I'm in the backyard pretending like I'm I'm playing game seven. Uh, it looks like we got a little man sitting next to us who thinks he might be able to break into the bigs, which he absolutely could. Yeah, we're speaking My son's of a switch hitter. Yeah, we're speaking of Tom's son Michael, who's sitting here with us. He's a switch hitter. It's righty and lefty. Does it, yeah. does it, oh, which way does he throw? Does he throw left or right? Throws right. Okay, can I say like your dad? If you can, all my friends who threw righty in in um, little league all tried to learn how to throw lefty because it was like if you can throw lefty and like eighty five miles per hour, you're in the big leagues. Like it's if a you good could trivia just... question to ask, you know, there are plenty of of players who throw righty and bat lefty, but can you name players who bat righty and throw lefty? There are some. I know oh, one. I don't. I only know one. Who's who's the one? Ricky Henderson. Oh. Oh yeah. I am the greatest. <laughs> Of all time. Oh, Ricky's the best. <laughs> Did Ricky. you ever hear the Ricky Henderson story about John Olerud? No. Do you remember oh, with John? the helmet? Do you, have you heard the story? I, tell it, please. Tell, it's a great story. <laughs> I, I it's I'm a telling great it correctly, story. but, um, <laughs> you know, John Olerud had a, a condition. He had to protect his head. He wore the helmet mm. um, in the field yeah. when he was playing because he couldn't, uh, 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 if he got hit in the head, it would, it could have mm-hmm. killed him. Wow. Um, so he and Ricky Henderson played on the Blue Jays together. And then Olerud came over to the Mets, and then Ricky Henderson came over to the Mets. <laughs> and when Ricky Henderson saw John Olerud, he said, there was a guy in Toronto who used to wear a helmet all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story about Ricky. That it's is, the, yeah, that's, that's Ricky in a nutshell. I <laughs> am the greatest of all time. I love that, man. Uh, but, you know, we're going to uh, we're gonna get to the trivia game pretty quickly, but I, I do want to talk. We, we mentioned your son sitting here. Yeah. So, you know, your father, you said, didn't really pressure you too much, but I imagine that you talked about baseball with him at least or, yes. or enjoyed, you know, going to the ballpark with him. And, and it sounds like you never went to the original, original Yankee Stadium. You were there after the uh, um, remodeling in, what was that, 76? Yes. I went, so I went to uh, 82. It was my first game. And we went to a number of games all the way up until the new Yankee Stadium um, in 2009. But um, I don't remember if they did any work. I think they moved the fences in at one point. Right, right. But 80s, but there was but no was... really structural changes post the the, the late seventies. There, no, at least I major loved that old one. stadium. So I did I. Actually, it was loud, man. I, it was I, probably the loudest place I've ever been. I, to. I'll tell you this, and we won't say this too long. But but this, when I went to the New Yankee Stadium, this annoyed me to no end. Have you been to Monument Park recently? No. Oh Lord. Okay, <laughs> so you go to Monument Park, and you guys have some of the greatest baseball players of all time. So you've got Ruth, you've got Gehrig's plaque, yeah. Mano's plaque, blah, blah, blah. They're all basically lined up, and they are triangle-shaped, uh, uh, basically where, where it ends, where the point of that triangle is. There is a massive plaque that is bigger than everybody else's. Guess whose name is on that one? 
Skywriter. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't say yes if it's okay. That's, that's not that's, that's not okay though. That's you know, Steinbrenner did a lot for your franchise and and you know, he was tremendous, but come on. You've already named your spring training stadium after him. How much more no, does that big picture of the boss in center field and it's just it's it's <laughs> ludicrous. <laughs> it's <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you can't defend it, but but it's you know, that's where the money goes. But you know, I will say because uh, we, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very close with uh, a producer, uh, Jimmy Nederlander Jr., who, you know, the Nederlanders are a very prominent family um, involved with the Yankees, and um, Jimmy has been so generous to me and and my family getting us tickets to games, and he was able to for if then because we have a sequence in our show where we shift from uh, we shift to Yankee Stadium and then to yeah. uh, to City Field. Um, and um, he, we were able to get the um, legendary Bob Shepard Jeter um, announcing yep. his him coming up to bat, and we use it in the show. And they gave us permission, and that was so awesome of the. Yankees. When I was yeah. at, when I went to go see if then, I, and that scene came up, I had to stop myself from applauding for things like that's People awesome. They it got, was nice. I was like, that was really, really cool that they got Shepard's audio because yeah, he is. I, I, as much as like I said, I've had my issues with the Yankees. He is a guy that I would have loved. Announcing uh, uh, ballplayers' names. I sure. love that Jeter did that. I oh, that was. People give it to us for licensing. <laughs> and you know what? I'm gonna say one quick thing because I feel like I I have been a little bit negative about the Yankees and mainly Jeter. In 2012, when he went down against the Tigers in the playoffs, mm-hmm. that was actually the moment where something there's a, a switch that just flipped in my brain, yeah. and I did not want to see playoffs without Derek Jeter. I felt so terrible. I mean, look, I, I love beating. That's when that <laughs> I, series I not, ended. That series ended. That's exactly when that ended. And I actually was sad. And, and pretty much from that point forward, all of my hatred, all of my anger towards Jeter disappeared. And I became this crazy cheerleader for how when everyone else was getting annoyed during his final year about all the Jeter yeah. histrionics of how great he is. I was like, you know what? He deserves every last second of this for his on the field and I'm sorry, in my opinion, more importantly, his off-the-field actions over He's the last— He's a tremendous guy. It is ridiculous the... how good of a human being that man is. And I know at this moment there are people cringing as I say that. There are people saying, enough, we've, we've, Gary Jeter is the best. <laughs> he really, really no, was. He was. He's a tremendous player. It was, it was, it's weird because Derek Jeter and I are the same age. Um, I'm a few months older than he is, so I feel like— his career and his youth, you know, ran parallel to to where I was and what I was doing. So watching him retire has been an emotional thing for me. And granted, I'm in a I, I work in an in, in a job where um, I'm still relatively young to be doing what I'm doing. But to to watch someone shifting into a new career and a new part of their life, it was it was very emotional for me. Um, and also spoke to my own mortality. So. Um, so that that last year was um, I, I held on to every moment of it. Do you do you think that that you know in the All Star game that thing about um, <laughs> him getting thrown like a a, a pitch to hit? Uh huh. He's grooved it, yeah. But why did he say that? That was a mistake. Why did he do that? Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, wow, I'm blanking on who the pitcher it was. was that Wayne, wasn't it Wayne Wright? I think it was Wayne Wright. He had to come up in like the third or fourth inning and yeah, apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I threw him a pitch that, down the middle. Yeah, that was. He had to get a hit. You those know what, things, it, we don't need to know those things. I mean, but when they are not also, Well, they did that just, for Ripken back when. It's also disrespectful uh, to, to Jeter. Yeah, to there, if, you're gonna, if you're going to do it, 
do it. Yeah. If if he actually got one over on you, well, then don't lie and say like that. Yeah, that was. Well, didn't they say curious. Mantle's five hundredth home run was a grooved pitch? Like someone. That, you know what? That happened. I I that happened. I've I've interviewed plenty of baseball players in my life, and that ha- these guys grow up together. These guys know each other. They, especially today, yeah. when they're on each other's, they're, they're your teammates all of a sudden, you know, for years on end. These, they have more in common with their their enemies, quote unquote, you know, their, their team rivals, than they do with any of us. And yeah. so, if, if they can help one of their buddies get something over, why, I would do it. I'm not going to lie. I would do it. If I had a buddy of mine coming up, I was like, you know what? He needs a moment. This is it. This isn't going to kill anything if, if I give him a, you know, a nice little double or, or a slap it the other way. Here you go, buddy. Take a hit. Take that to your grave. Don't even tell the guy. Oh, you got one on me. I, I threw my best stuff at you, but you got it. Make him feel good for a second. <laughs> I just think you keep whatever it is to yourself, yes. as you said. If but, it happened, so, it happened. but to finish my thought, though, from earlier, so you did talk to your dad a lot about baseball. Mm-hmm. So now that you've got your own children, how is baseball kind of – how have you used baseball to bond with your children, or, or do you take them to games? Do you talk them? Do you watch the games with them? Or just how does that work now? Baseball is um... – you know, it's 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 an emotional game, especially for for families, because we bond over it and we share our passions for it, and we learn from it. And uh, some of my favorite films, you know, The Natural and Field of Dreams, and there's there's Bull Durham, greatest Bull Durham, movie I've ever. You made. know, there's it's it's a special thing to share with 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 your family, and certainly now that I have children and um, my my youngest son. Um, is is still learning all of these things, but but my oldest Michael and I we we watch games together. We go to games together. I go to all of his games um, and watch him, and I'm so excited to see how passionate he is for the game. He had a moment uh, last year. Um, he hit his first home run, and I I was like Steve Martin in Parenthood, <laughs> <laughs> and and I was getting congratulated by other, of course by other parents. That's funny. And uh, what position? It was just a great moment. Does he play? Um, he's, he, he would like to be playing, I think more infield. They put him at, um, you know, they shift everyone around outfield infield, but, but, um, they put Michael at second base. I remember he had a game where he had three putouts at second base nice. one after the other, which yeah, was yeah. really exciting too. So, um, he, he really does love it. And, uh, when I saw that he could really hit line drives left-handed, it wasn't anything that he was struggling to do His coaches even made a point of telling me. So we'll see how much. He loves doing it right now. He's he's learning that it's not just games. They had a they have a travel training practice. They have practice two nights a week. So one is doing infield and hitting, and then the other is actually just sprinting and and getting in shape. And so this is the That's lesson awesome. that he's learning that it's it's not just playing the game, but you actually have to do a lot of sure preparation. Baseball. Sure, sure. It's awesome. All right. So now, without any further ado, we're going to get into our wonderful little trivia game. Here. Love it. Yeah. Now, yeah, the, so the way this works, there's different questions. You do get three outs. Okay, um, I get three outs. That's good. Uh, first question will be a single. Second question, if you get it right, is a double. Third question will be a triple. And fourth question will be a home run. But So you could score multiple runs. And we're keeping track of the different teams that are represented. You're a Yankees fan, so this would be runs scored for the Yankees, depending on how well you do. Got As it. of now, the Mets are in the lead, the season lead for us. They have two runs. The Cubs... Have one run, which I feel like I gave him, but uh, you know no, they, they on. have one run. And um, I forgot to ask you before the uh, uh, we we started the recording. If you were to play baseball, what position would you play, and what number would you be? Uh, I always wanted to be a first baseman, actually. Um, and you got uh, a good stretch. I have a good stretch. I can catch the ball, um, and 
I would wear 23. 23? Okay, so here we go. Hero. Ladies and gentlemen, leading off for the New York Yankees, (laughs) number 23, playing first base, Tom Kittick. Hear the echoes. (laughs) (laughs) That's my best slash worst Bob Shepard impression. So, for the first question, this is kind of a batting practice question. This one's not going to count because I just okay. want to I want to get it Wait, out of there. What? It's not going to count. This one. This is just my batting practice. We're changing one. it up for you, Tom. Just just well, and also because it, it it'll connect in a second. How many World Series do the uh, Yankees have? Twenty. Uh oh. The twenty-seven now. Okay, yeah, it is. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, oh, it was twenty-six for a while. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, so yeah. this might be a little more difficult than I thought. Then. Uh huh. So that was batting you, practice. That was, that was batting nothing. practice. How many pennants did the Yankees have? Oh, wow. That's something that I even knew, so I figured a Yankee fan must know that. That's a really good question. Um, mm. How many pennants? I guess I, I got to say uh, 34. Ouch. That's an out. What's What's the what sort of out? Is it a pop-up? That pop-up? one was a ground ball to third base. The third baseman threw off his back foot and got you just by a step. How many? How many? How they so won? you have two outs left. Um, well, what was, how, what's the real? What's the right answer? Well, do you want me to do you want me to give him two more uh, shots at this one, or should we just move on to the next question? Oh no, that's right. That's how we do it. I apologize. It's all right. We're still we're we're working out the rules live oh, here sorry, for you, folks. I have another shot at answer, answering you got a couple, that question. And, and here you go, because I feel terrible now because I, I should have had the batting practice question be the, the single question. So I just I don't know. All right, so let's see here. You can't, you can't go back in time. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm going to see what I can do here. So you're close, kind of, not really, actually. Uh, oh, man, I will. <laughs> you can be. Uh, plus- I have to go and count the years, then try to try to figure out the years they didn't win. Um, Twenty-seven World Series victories. Victories. Mm-hmm. So how many times have they appeared, basically? In yeah, yeah, the yeah. Because yeah. you got eighty-one, then you got two thousand three. I will say it's more than 34. So that hopefully will help. Um, 41. That was, I mean, you basically just got robbed right there. That was that was someone, that, whoever the first baseman was, just made a leaping catch wow. and snow coned it. Because was it 42? Uh, well, hold on, I'm not gonna let you. I'm not gonna let you do that because because now let's let's. It's two outs, and I feel awful. So it's not 41, but it's a nice round number, pretty close to 41. 40. There we go. Hey! Yay. So that was basically an error, but we'll give him a single on that <laughs> one. <laughs> I'll take that. We got two outs now, but you do have a man on first. Wow. All I right. really – okay. I some okay. Runs. Who's the man on first? Is this a speedy guy? So maybe a double Yeah, yeah. Him? So at this point, the guy is dancing off a of first right now, so a double is going to score him. Got it. Anthony, please ask the second base question. By hitting his – 24th career Grand Slam in 2013. This current Yankee knocked Lou Gehrig's name from the record books for most career Grand Slams. A Rod. Yeah, that's that was. I. Yeah. I I know. I said I I wanted to. So there he goes. The Yankees are on the board with the run. I was actually at that game, and I will say I was genuinely surprised because I knew it going into it that that he had been tied with him for a while. He hit that Grand Slam. They put a little, you know, hey, congratulations. I don't think anyone cared. Like it was, it was fascinating to me to watch just crickets. It was like, oh, I mean, people were cheering because the Yankees scored, and you know, because I think at that point it was five-one over the Giants. But the fact that he broke the record, 
nobody cares. Not now. a lot of love for. I mean, are you are you gonna care when he? Because he's. I think he's. Well, you know, because we don't know when we're, we're gonna air this. He's gonna hit six sixty this year, whether it's by the time this episode released or not. Those records have gone bye bye. So you don't care because of what's happened. I mean, I, I, if there's a guy who, um, you know, I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. for example, <sighs> is a guy who yep. got injured like a normal person does, and and had, he lost a and had years. gargantuan skills, and and uh, you know, every one of those home runs was 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 hit the way they should be hit. So that when I look at those career statistics yes but for for the guys that that obviously were getting help it's just not the same yeah okay so here we go for a triple you now have a run-in and a man on second oh cool so this <laughs> is for so run. this is for this, this is all too out you guys should, should package this, is a, this, this is the all, this is, parker brothers version <laughs> this is all too out lightning by the way too out lightning i know all right here we go so for a triple two managers have won seven world series titles in their careers so two different managers have each won seven World Series each. Mm-hmm. Name them, please. And I will give you a quick hint. All 14 were won for the Yankees. So all what? All 14 World Series, so both seven. Everything was won for the Yankees here. So the, basically two Yankees managers Who have seven, seven World Series titles, respectively. Name Casey them. Stengel. There's the one. And... Um... I'm afraid that I'm going to say the owner of the team and not the manager of the team. Um, uh, John. <laughs> Keep going. Willie. Keep going. <laughs> You're close. Steve. <laughs> and Kane hits up. the ground and he has the ball. He is out. I'll give you a quick hint. Uh, he shares his name with a infamous senator. A, 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 Joe McCarthy. A, there you go. I wouldn't have thought that. I should have known that, but yeah, Joe McCarthy. Joe, and, and you know, and, and you were in the wrong decade. McCarthy actually won his. So okay, so Casey Stengel won his. I just like reading this because this is just ludicrous. In 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 56, 58. Yeah. That was that was Stengel's run of winning. Imagine. And then McCarthy was nineteen thirty three, thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine, forty one, forty three. I mean, it's to be a Yankee fan. Did they retire Joe McCarthy's number though? Uh, they must have. Casey Stengel's up there, but I don't know if McCarthy's up there. They had to have. I I'll, I'll, I don't know that off the top of my head. but That's a good trivia question. That is. But I, I will. I was actually going to ask you if you could name the retired numbers. I was like, that's impossible. Because I think you guys have 16 or 17. You have way too many retired numbers. Yeah, there's a couple of those. Like, I, I look at them every time. You know, there's the there's the two eights. Yeah. And then there's... um. We got a couple 42s I think they, now. I think they retired Gidry's number. I think they retired 40... What was he? 46? Something like that. They retired Gidry recently. Well, you're doing two more this year, and then yet Jeter. It's just, yeah, it's... it's there going to be no numbers left. Well, there's yes. a... It's for anybody, true. It's true. For anybody who watched... Like 788. Well, for anybody who, who watched the television <laughs> show uh, <laughs> Futurama, Futurama did a gag about that of a thousand years in the future. We're going to be using fractions, basically, just yeah. because it's player one-eighth, one... Number one... a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. But, all right, so look... You got to run on the run. board. You got to run on the board. And, and and I will say Casey Stengel also did win a World Series as a player with the New York Giants. Yes. Um, so Stengel's got McCarthy by one there, but no one will touch Yogi. How many titles do you know offhand? How many titles Yogi caught for? Caught for. So how many does he have? Yeah. They're going to ask because I think he won one as a manager, right? 64. Yeah. Or they got to the World Series. Did they win in 64? They did not. Did they win in 64? I don't know. I don't know the history. We're not of the, the Yankee Yankees. fans here. But anyway, uh, he caught for, I don't know, 
I would I, I would say nine. I think it was like thirteen. Thirteen. I mean, just some ridiculous number. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I it's nineteen oh eight, nineteen eighty four. I did go to Yankee Stadium, and it was, again, a number of years ago when the Cubs, it was the first time they'd been to Yankee Stadium. It was when they were first starting doing interleague, you know, during the regular season. So I got to go see the Cubs play at Yankee Stadium a few years ago, the old Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And uh, it was also a situation where the Cubs were, it was like, they were they were okay. They weren't great, but they'd had a couple good years in that in that period. But the Yankees fans were cheering like booing them like <laughs> so hostile to them it that's, was like what this is like you should be happy that the cubs are in your ballpark it's been decades you're it's too positive like Anthony. 19, you're too, since whatever i think it was like 1940 nice. something there's things you know. the yankee fans are good at it's booing yes <laughs> it is a rite of passage to i've sat yankee with fan. the bleacher creatures out there and who it is an experience to, yep. to sit out there with bald vinny and that crew they are a wild group of gentlemen. They are you know, I've wild. heard about like the, the, you know the Phillies fans. They have such a reputation for booing. Um, I went to see a Cubs Phillies series, and there was a Phillies. It was a game where um, the Cubs pitcher was throwing a no hitter in mm -hmm. deep into the game, like into the seventh or eighth. And the Phillies fans were not booing their player. I mean, it was like they everything was really kind of happy. I actually had a like, better fan like experience on my yeah. my stadium tour. I had a better fan experience in Philly than I did in New York, which I was pretty surprised about. Um, although, like I said, when I was uh, when I went to the, I don't want to completely say that because I did sit with the bleacher creatures and those guys were actually very very nice to me. But some of the other fans that I met there were not nearly as accommodating. But uh, we are we you know, we've been going a little bit long here. We've been having so much fun that we've gone a little bit long. So I want to ask you one more quick question, and then we're gonna have to wrap it up. It's what I like to end every podcast with is if you could just tell us your favorite memory it doesn't have to be about being in the stadium or watching on tv or anything like that but just when you close your eyes and you think about being a yankees fan whether from a kid from adulthood whenever but that one memory that's the first thing to pop up that oh i remember that and that's why i'm a baseball fan that's why i'm a yankees fan that's why this is the greatest sport ever invented wow that's a good question you know that that memory i shared uh the the home run um mm. I'll, I'll i'll remember but you know i'll i'll uh they were part of the same series. I'll, 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 they're, they're, they're both kind of tied because they were in the same game. Um, but it was game two of the 95 series, um, Yankee-Seattle. And first, when, when, when Mattingly went back-to-back -back with, uh, I think, um, Ruben Sierra, um, and Mattingly hit, 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 hit a home run, and, and the place just went crazy. You know, And Mattingly wasn't hitting home runs the way he had in, earlier in his career at that point. I think he hit seven that year. Um, but it was just electric. I was just so elated. And then of course that game went down to the 14th or 15th inning and then Leritz hit that two run home run. Um, it was, I stayed up in my bed and watched that entire game. And you know, it's, it's a school night when you're <laughs> in October. <laughs> um, but, um, I think definitely that, that moment because, uh, it was Mattingly's first playoff series and, he had been injured. Yeah, ninety five. Wow. They they never. They were made bad it. for a. Yeah, sure, the eighties were awful for the Yankees. Yeah. It's why when I meet people like you who grew up as Yankees fans in the eighties, I the utmost respect because I it that's fine. You didn't jump on board in ninety six. You lived through. No, we lived awful, through some bad bad years, awful some years and some bad. You know, they had good teams that just missed, but then in starting no, no, around ninety, bad team. Um, they had some really bad years, mm -hmm. and uh, so 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 when that happened and 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 the place just went berserk for him and um 
you know, he just you just felt him taking the moment because the 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 saddest thing would have been for him to not have a good series, you know, yeah. and 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 it was close second that they lost that series the way that they did. But the fact that he rose the occasion, he had the, that moment. Um, I think that's one of my favorite moments. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you just so very much for, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Like I said, we went a lot longer than I anticipated just because I could talk to you about this for, for hours. I love being here. It's nice, you know, talk about obviously music and theater all the time and just talk about baseball. I was very, very happy to be asked. So thank you guys. Awesome. So thank you folks so much. And we will see you next time here in the clubhouse. The Clubhouse is recorded at the Burkino Baseball Clubhouse, located on 67 East 11th Street in New York City. If you consider yourself to be a baseball fan, and I'm assuming if you've made it this far, you must be, you have no excuse for not dropping by and checking out the fantastic baseball-inspired artwork and one-of-a-kind memorabilia for sale. Mention the podcast to get a free bag tag with any purchase. The Clubhouse is produced by Zach McNeese. The website and logo were designed by Ronan Jora. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ClubhousePod. You can follow Anthony and I individually at RoundingThirdMJ for me and at AlbinoKid for Anthony. For guest ideas, baseball stories, or just to say hello, shoot us an email at clubhousepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and leave a comment. This week, why don't you leave a comment telling us what your favorite ballpark is? Anthony and I will read the best ones on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Have an awesome week.